Hanging out with Clement on 702. Let's walk the talk. And today I'm hanging out with businesswoman Dr. Judy Dlamini, who is the founding chairman of the Megani Group, uh, Chancellor of the University of Vetvetersrand. Uh, she's done so many things. She's sat on several boards. She has contributed so immensely, even in the education sector in this country. And we'll talk about all of those things between now and 11 o'clock. Dr. Judy Lamini, thank you for making time for us. Good morning. Welcome to 702. Good morning, Clement. Uh, good morning to your listeners. It's an honor to be here. Don't Thanks. worry. I won't make you dance like I made your husband <laughs> dance <laughs> when he came to studio. Yeah, thank you for making time. Um, how's everything in the new year? It's uh, February now. Yeah, well, everything is good. You know, we. It's not too hectic. It's always going to be hectic, yeah. and uh, by choice. Yeah. Uh, but you know, after COVID, you're just uh, happy and grateful to be alive. Yes. So you don't demand too much. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. I-, I want us to start off in in Westville in Kwazulu Natal. That's that's yeah. where you were raised. Yeah. Um, how was childhood for you, um, growing up and. And did you, at the time you were growing up in Westville, sort of see this life now that you're living yeah. and the kind of career that you have pursued? Yeah, I didn't, to be quite honest. Um, it was nice, you know, very uh, small family, if you'd like, mm-hmm. uh, in the sense that uh, it was uh, the Group Eras Act was in motion already. So we didn't have neighbors that looked like us. It was a, a white area. Ah. Uh, but uh, my father just put his foot down and said he has to be compensated before he leaves and all that goes with it. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a loving family. And uh, as you, you may or may not know, I, want, I wanted to be a doctor from the mm. age of four. I wanted to be financially independent from a very young age. So those two from? things... Ah, it was just, you know how you you want to be what you see. Uh, and uh, I remember I started school at four because uh, my nanny walked out on my mother. <laughs> and, what did uh, she do to the nanny? <laughs> yeah, you know how it is, my yeah. poor mother working hard, three yeah. kids, you know. And uh, yeah, so um, she took me to school with her. She was a primary school teacher. Uh, and then instead of playing, I started uh, learning, writing, and doing all the things grade, uh, we used to call it sub A, mm-hmm. right? It's grade one now. It's grade one now, yeah. Yeah, so one of these days, my one of those days, my mother said, you're not going to school, you must watch after your dad because he's not well. Mm. When the doctor comes, do whatever he says you must do. So I met uh, this Dr. Tavash, a story I, I tell so uh, lovingly because he made me want to be a doctor. May his soul rest in peace. So my ma- mind was made. I was going to be a doctor. Mm. And uh, I guess I always wanted the power and the independence that finances bring. Mm. Uh, so I knew I didn't have a name for it at that age, mm-hmm. but I was going to be financially independent. So I I knew those two things. But uh, we've had so many detours uh, scenic views yeah. and you know <laughs> did i foresee that no <laughs> tell me about those details and how they came about because yeah. how long did you practice medicine 13 years 13 years yeah so at what point did you think mm, i'm satisfied here it's time for the detours yes you, you know it's actually interesting because as we always say uh, hindsight has 2020 vision mm. uh, when things happen you don't really know why they happen you think you know 
till a few years later you look back and say, oh, maybe ah. that's why, right? Mm. But uh, at the time, I already had my finger in quite a few things. Uh, 1994 came with the BE um, advent, so we're looking for opportunities. One, mm. uh, but more importantly, uh, my husband and I wanted uh, different streams of income, so we had a bakery next to my practice. So we we've always looked at ways of being financially independent mm. and uh, having different streams of in- income enable you to do that. So I was robbed outside my practice and already I had started studying occupational health. How long? How, was it 10 years after you were practicing when the it robbery was, happened? It was actually, yeah, around 10 years. Mm-hmm. Around what 10 happened? years. Uh, you see, I had this busy practice and next to my practice was this busy bakery. And they, I use, they came for the car, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know how cars are ordered and mm-hmm. uh, then you know, they make a hit. And um, yeah, it was just a nasty experience because it was these young kids wearing balaclavas and uh, you know when you're a GP, you're mm. a sitting duck for thugs to come in and do mm. whatever. Mm. And here was this, some getting out of my practice. So after that, I was very unsettled, to be quite honest, because every young boy who came in, I'm like, is he coming as a patient? Mm. It, it was just unhealthy. So I had to sell my practice and go to town and uh, it was never the same. But already I had started studying towards my MBL through UNISA. Mm. And then came the time that we had to come and run telecom. So we moved to Joburg and instead of doing my second year through uh, UNISA, I then branched to Vitz Business School where I did my MBA. So already I was actually looking at business I was already doing business, uh, but I just needed to to be qualified in the space and just mm. understand what I was doing. Sure, it's it's crazy because there was a there's a time I think it must have been early last year or if not two years ago when we were seeing robberies mm. um, at you know general practitioners, yeah, um, you know places especially in Soweto in the Soweto area yeah. also somewhere in town. I mean, it's it's just crazy that many so many years ago this oh, was yeah. already happening and now it was raising its its ugly head again and that something like that can be traumatic, eh? It's very traumatic uh, because it's not just the taking of the car. Mm. You can replace a car. It's just the violation of you as mm. a person. Mm. You know, you know, young. I think they also take drugs to be able to do these heinous crimes. Mm. They call you names if you've been called before. And mm. of all the things they did, taking the ring, taking the car and finding money in the car, just being called those names is the one I was grappling with. Mm. Material things are just that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Did, did you, what, how did you deal with it? Did you see the therapist? I did. did you talk to, uh-huh. I, yes, I did. I went to see a therapist. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, uh, yeah. So, um, we, we have lots to talk about. We also play music on the Hanging Out feature. <laughs> and I'm, I'm really excited about your playlist because, I mean, over 90% of the artists you've chosen are my favorites as well. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> so I'm, I'm excited. I don't even know where to start. Who would you say out of this is your favorite? So we can start with it. Uh, do you want... Angelina by Kaifa Semenya. Should we start with Brown Skin Girl by Beyonce? Do you want some Luther? you want some Baby? Uh, 
You know what? Maybe let's start with Beyonce. Yeah. I, I have more favorites than that yeah. in terms of artists like yeah. Zonke. You name it. I love Zonke. Ah, I I'm love Zonke, Zonke too. Yeah, right? Yeah. I, I love a lot of them. Joe Nina, believe it or not. Yeah. And uh, Taputula. But but it, it depends on when you ask me. Yeah. What I feel like. Oh, so you've got day. like periods where you go this yes. period. I'm listening to this kind yes. of music. Yeah. Oh, that's that's fascinating. Yeah. Okay. So, what about Beyonce? Do you appreciate so much? I respect her. She represents the best in us mm-hmm. as Africans and as women. Uh, her independence. Uh, I just listened uh, the other day that um, she's now into. Country music, country music and she was uh, top of the billboards the exact, that right never been hit before and by there's black a radio artists. station they said hell no we're not playing you yeah. can you believe it 2024 yeah. racism yeah anyway but yeah she she's amazing mm. yeah Skin just like pearls. Best thing in the world. I never charge for anybody else singing. Ah, uh, that's Blue Ivy. Yeah. She's so little. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy watching Blue Ivy now um, with the Renaissance tour. Yes. I was telling you off air that I had the opportunity to watch Beyonce in Atlanta yeah. or Atlanta yeah. <laughs> in the US. <laughs> Uh, in August and Blue Ivy has grown. Yeah, yeah. Like she's, she's a, big such a big girl now. Girl now. Yeah. yeah, have you seen her live before, Beyonce? Uh, actually, I saw. You, you mean Beyonce? I've seen her twice live. Yeah. The first one was with the husband, mm-hmm. and then I also saw her for the Renaissance one. I think it was in London, and mm. Blue Ivy is like a grown up. Yeah. Right. A when was girl. it? The beauty with uh, my age is that just like was it last year uh-huh. or is it COVID? Is it last year or two years I ago? But <laughs> yeah, but so 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 yeah. do you like travel to go see her or yes, you're I like do. oh I'm in this country? No, 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 no. You're a big fan. To go like the the one day I saw with the husband, the tickets were still available for Poland. Yeah. So my husband and I went to Poland. Yeah. To see is he her. a fan as well? He is, yeah. he is. He I mean, that. yeah, Beyonce is just incredible. And as I was saying to you, for me, I've never really, I mean, I love, I appreciate her as a performer. Yeah. I don't know every lyrics of the yeah. song. In yeah. fact, in Atlanta, I was sitting next to people who were crying yeah. as she got on stage. And I was like, what okay. is going on? Why are you crying? Are you okay? Um, and I wasn't, I didn't know the song because yeah. I've never listened to the album, yeah. but yeah. I was blown away by the performance. Um, on stage, when you see her perform like that, I mean, am I being dramatic when I say you don't you don't see anything like that? Yeah, no, she it's gives crazy. everything that she has, and one of the reasons I love that song it's because it validates me as a brown skin girl, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I love that. Yes, she's a great performer. Yes, she sings so well, mm-hmm. but she also knows who she is. And she talks to things that matter to us. Mm. So it's the whole package. Yeah. Mm. Tell me about that issue of validation. Because um, women empowerment is something you, you are passionate about and, and, and that you're trying to address through different programs you're involved in. What has drawn you to this cause? You, you know, it's, um, I'm the product of this country. I'm the product of apartheid. Uh, you wake up as a child in a world that says you are less mm-hmm. just because of how you look. Mm. And uh, it just brought the anger in me that I didn't see myself as less. Yes, different, 
but in a good way. Mm. So everything I do uh, when it comes to just social justice is to say to a black girl that you've got this. Mm. Just because you're a girl and you're black, it doesn't make you less than anybody else. Actually, that's the motivation that... Uh, made me to start Female Academic Leaders Fellowship mm. when I became a, a Chancellor at Wits because I was like, let's look at the girls that look like me. Are we seeing them up there? If we're not, why not? Mm. And what can we do? So I think it, it, it's a passion of mine. I, I, my first book is Equal But Different because I truly believe in that. We are equal. We're just different. Mm. Across race, sexual orientation, across class, we're equal. Mm. You know? Do, do you think that, because, yes, you, there's a lot that we need to do as a society, as individual, to advance and, and, and preach that message of equality and celebrate that, that difference. You know, we are a diverse country, and yeah. I think that's one of the blessings we have. And we must, instead of that dividing us, it should actually unite us and we must mm. celebrate it. Do you think government, through its policies, have done enough to try and help? just also level the playing field because mm. after 30 years i mean every time i read the reports from the labor department um the employment commission's reports and i see that it's white men at the top and then it's black men and then it's like almost like white women and then black women oh yeah you've got it right like why and it's not because we don't have women who are capable yeah. who are just equally brilliant mm. i just feel like companies are just not being intentional what, mm. what are your thoughts on that you know the government has done a lot in terms of policies, mm. but policies are just that. They chart the way, mm. but then someone has to monitor and evaluate, and someone has to make people accountable. Yes. Because uh, if you have these policies and you still have the JSE that is mainly run by white men, we still celebrate 30 years later when a black woman like uh, Mary Villagazi will be taking over at Fesran Group. Uh, it just shows you how, and she's the first black she woman yeah. uh, to lead one of the top four. Mm. Yes, there was Basane for African Bank. We celebrated again there. Mm. So we we just need to be deliberate and make people accountable and monitor, evaluate what we're doing, mm. you know. So I, I think at the core of each one of us, there is, uh, we can't wish away our history of racism sexism and mm. what have you and each one of us has to be deliberate about just reminding yourself that damn that's prejudice mm. you know mm. people are not less because of how they present i mean because of who they were born as you know oh one one eight eight three oh seven oh two. you can give us a call if you want to talk to dr judith lamini she's hanging out with us this morning on our hanging out feature you can send your whatsapps or text as well on oh seven two seven oh two. 1702. I got a text from uh, someone who taught you at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Malikapuru Makhoba. Uh, he oh, sent me a wow. message. Send me an SMS saying, hey, uh, give Judy my kind regards um, there. I taught her. She was a, a member of a special group of students. Oh, yes. Oh, thank you, Prof. We used to call him Willie those Willy. days. Yes. Why? Uh, because his other name is William, right? Ah. And uh, you know, when you talk about people that make you feel like you belong, that's what Professor Mahoba made us feel mm. when he came when uh, we were doing final year. 
And uh, when we passed, it took us out to one of the best restaurants uh, in Devon. Uh, the Royal Hotel, there's a Royal Grill. They used yes. to be. Yeah. This was 1985. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, he was he was amazing. He wow. still is. Yeah, he incredible, still is. incredible yeah, person. Yeah. I also have a message um, on the WhatsApp line from Dr. Philemon Mahuma, who is a consultant family physician and also lecturer at the University of Pretoria, who says, Hi, Clement in 702. Thank you for host, hosting Dr. Judy. What a great legacy. I met her at the book launch um, of uh, Professor slash Dr. Bongani Mayosi. Um, yes. She wrote it. This was done at UP at the medical library. I have a photo evidence of yeah. greeting her. <laughs> I remember you, Prof. <laughs> Best wishes. Uh, that's what uh, they say there on the WhatsApp line. I'll take uh, more of your calls, more of your WhatsApps as well. Hanging out with Clement on 702. Let's walk the talk. Dr. Judy Lamini is on the Hanging Out feature this morning. And this is one of her favorite, one of her favorite songs. I will meet you at the river. I will meet you at the river. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, no, it's it's a different story altogether. But uh, I just love my figures, oh, and they yeah, also performed at uh, our daughter and son-in-law's wedding. So oh, it's nice. a, a two-generational love. Love you. Do they perform the song? Uh, Oh, I was so oh, several songs. I, 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 you I don't even so, remember. I don't remember, but I just could see that people were having fun. Yeah. So that was which is good. what mattered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna ask you to put on your headphones, okay. please. I want to take Pumzila's call uh, from Johannesburg. Pumzila, good morning. Hi. How are you? I'm alright. You've got a question for Dr. Judy Dlamini. Yes. Thank you so much, Mum Judy, for all that you've plowed into the country. Um, and I want to understand from a from a future proofing perspective. How does the Future Nation curriculum equip um, young learners to solve the world's socioeconomic problems? So does it offer entrepreneurship, for example? Mm. Um, I I think we've seen just how the world has evolved from just relying on employees to um, contribute to the economy. But we need world leaders to solve um, today's challenges by being employers themselves. Mm. Um, how does the Future Nation curriculum um, equip them for that? Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you, Pumzile. Thanks. Uh, Thanks call. very much. Thanks for the call, Pumzile. Uh, we, we do more than just entrepreneurship. I think one of our biggest problems is just leadership with integrity. And that's one of the things that you are quite big on. And uh, of course, entrepreneurship, but also uh, just preparing them to be digitally savvy, like they do robotics, uh, actually through EdTech. Future Nation Schools is also partnering with public schools uh, when it comes to robotics, getting funders uh, to fund the the program uh, at the public schools. So uh, it's not just only about Future Nation Schools because we can only change uh, the trajectory of only a handful of kids via Future Nation Schools. Mm. But uh, CISWE is quite deliberate working with government to ensure that we also do something within the public um, education space because that's where the highest number of uh, our kids are. Mm. Um, Sviso on on the WhatsApp line says, Hi Clement, my daughter started in grade 4. She's now in grade 10 at Future Nation Schools. Uh, Best believe the conference is amazing. That's what we were talking about off air. Um, I was telling 
um, Dr. Judy, that a friend um, has got her nieces and nephews that go to the school, and I know them, and their confidence is just on another level. Um, and then uh, Tabi from Sentences Hi Clement, you really have a jewel right there in studio. Her book, Equal But Different, introduced me to her great mind. I've never met her but having followed her and her work, she just oozes confidence and warmth. I pray to meet her one day. She makes me so proud uh, to be a black woman. Uh, that's that's just quite incredible. There's someone else, and I don't know if this is something you've shared in your book, someone who sent a message saying, Hi, Clement. Uh, in the past, Dr. Judy has spoken about how, has spoken about how uh, the importance of living um, your life to its fullness and this is something she discovered after the tragic loss of Usfi so their son um, please can you ask how she's coped with the grief of that loss yeah uh, let me start by thanking Sfiso. thanks for believing in us and uh, I'm happy that what your daughter has got out of Future Nation Schools is one of the aspirations we had mm. for the kids that uh, go to future nation schools sure Spiso passed away exactly 12 years mm. and 20 days ago mm. but the pain lives with you i've lost a lot of people but when you lose a child mm. you lose a part of yourself mm. and it's funny because um you think you're okay but it just gets you. And uh, so to parents that have lost a child, uh, just know that um, it's a lifelong journey mm. dealing with the grief. Uh, and uh, I think for me at least, and uh, for those that are around me, what sustains you is your belief system. It's your faith. I believe in God, I believe mm -hmm. in my ancestors, that they are all watching over me. So when I'm at the lowest point, I just cling on to that belief system. Mm -hmm. But uh, mm -hmm. it's tough. Yeah. It's tough, yeah. Yeah, and that's yeah. the thing about grief. Yeah. It has no end. It's not no. like, oh, I'm dedicating two years to grief. No, no. It's a continuous yeah. thing. You learn to live with that. You learn to live with it. But the other thing that I find helpful, and I'm mm -hmm. really talking to those that have lost kids, is mm -hmm. that when you put your energy in doing something positive, it helps. Mm -hmm. It helps a lot. So you just put energy in doing something positive. Yeah. It helps. Like you look at uh, future nation schools and then you're like, okay, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, because that's Sfiso's passing yes. gave birth to that. And look yeah. at the testimonies you're getting yeah. from the kind of yeah. difference you, yeah. you're making through that. Yeah. Uh, someone else wanted to know, what do you do for fun? <laughs> do you play golf? Oh my goodness. Run? Oh, Tennis? that would give me a migraine in the side. And no, no, no. I'm not athletic. I'm not sporty at all. Yeah. I, I chill. You chill, I chill for fun. Clement. I, love I it. chill for fun. <laughs> Watch a movie, play with my grandkids. Yeah, yeah no, no. I love that. Yeah. Chilling for fun is yeah. also is also something fun. Yeah. Dr. Judith Lamini, thank you so much for coming through. I've really enjoyed chatting to you. Um, I am going to read 
the first book because everybody different. equal but different because yeah. everybody is talking about it i'm going to get it and read it yeah, thank, uh, you. thank you for all you've done and thank you for for your brilliance we appreciate yeah, you. and we honor you thank you for making thank time. you it was an honor to be here and thanks to the listeners thanks Wonderful. for having me it's so. three minutes before 11. Sure,